to another episode of Modern Day Wizards. I'm Callan, and today I'm joined by David Greenberg, who is a fellow content creator on the One Great Work Network. And I actually found, I think I found you actually on Odyssey first. But anyways, I just, I've, I've been going through all of your stuff. And, you know, you're, you're hitting all the, you know, I'm just like, yep, yep, I agree. Yep, yep. And, and there's something about the way you're presenting, which is, uh, like I said uh, earlier, it's hard to find the right word exactly, but it's kind of like, it's like uplifting, yet this clean feeling and just like, I kind of walk away feeling cool. Yeah. You know, I kind of have a sense for how, how to proceed in the world. And even if the topic was sort of a difficult topic, I... I'm not overwhelmed by it. You know what I mean? You know, I feel kind of optimistic, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. So anyways, thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Callan. It's been a real pleasure. And of course, I've been following your work as well. And it's great to connect with people. Sometimes it can be a little bit lonely in this sphere of creating this kind of content. And I was thinking it's really great to have these kind of conversations and actually to hear your feedback and to share feedback. So I really appreciate that. Yeah, I, I think I'm trying to make it my, the thing, one of the things I'm focusing on this year is like, okay, I know that I can do podcasts and I know that there's a lot of actually people out there who I'd love to talk to. And it's a little bit of an effort to, to do podcasts more than just making your individual videos. But I think there's a lot of value that you only get from, you know, being able to listen to, you know, basically be able to speak with someone also. And if you're in the third party here, you know, it's like also to listen to two people talk through something. So, and also it has the added benefit of, okay, everyone who follows Callan now knows about David, right? And if they like Callan, they're probably going to like David. So it's just like, hey, guys, let's, you know, it's just such a good way to build community and get, you know, good information out there. And vice versa. And we don't want to try to live in a bubble because, sure, we could be right about a lot of things and we could be saying a lot of things that are true, but it's always good to get that feedback. It's always good to share. And in the end, we're, we're social creatures, so it's, it's great to have a conversation. But I agree. I haven't really done podcasts. That's not really something that I have done, and I may not really focus on that, but I love to participate in podcasts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. All right. So for this one, we were you did a couple of episodes talking about the coaching industry because you worked in the coaching industry. I'm a coach. I went through I don't know if you're familiar with the Bulletproof Coaching Program, which later became the um, what? What was it? Oh, Human Empowerment. I can't remember. They rebranded at some point. But anyways, okay. uh, basically, I've gone through a coaching program. It was run by people. I think they did a pretty good job honestly. And so I, I don't really have any understanding of the coaching world beyond that program, which is very specific. And uh, also, you know, I generally, I don't consider myself to be like primarily a, a coach as a profession. Yeah. You know, I, I'm trained to be a coach, but I really feel like that was just training me how to be a good friend. It's just like, here's how to be a good friend. Cause no one knows how to do that. And because no one knows how to do that, you can get paid to do it. <laughs> So anyways, that was kind of my takeaway from it. So I'm interested to know, like, what is you, what do you, first of all, what do you see as coaching as being? And then what did you see in the coaching world, you know, wherever you, what, whatever part you played in it? Awesome, Callan. Yeah, I think 
like a lot of concepts in life, there is an organic, natural version of coaching, and then there's a co-opted, inverted, uh, religious version of coaching. This is kind of what I've come to realize. And this is all based on my personal experience in that industry and just watching others, kind of watching myself, being able to shine the light on myself, but also looking and seeing what others were doing in that industry. So the natural, organic version of coaching is our desire to help individuals one-on-one when we're approached by someone and they're struggling with something and we probably have figured out or solved a particular challenge in life and we ha- we're in a real good position to help them, but we also need some kind of commitment on their part so that we can actually help them. So we create a relationship where we're basically coaching them. Of course, coaching is big sports. That's easy. To- everybody can understand coaching from a sports paradigm, from fitness paradigm. We have fitness coaches. But even just in terms of many life skills, uh, coaching can cross many different boundaries. But I think ultimately it, it all kind of aims to, the, to this belief that, you know, if we can help lift someone else up from where they are, then, uh, then we're good to go versus, um, you know, just letting them to keep struggling. And I think that commitment part on their part is also a big part of it. And I think it's reasonable that in the coaching world we talk about, you know, the need for people to commit to actually changing. Um, just like if someone's not willing to do shadow work, if someone's not willing to do do this work on themselves, very little is going to change, you know, and it's, they're not going to be able to impact really anything significant in the world around them, of course. So, so that's so for, the, yeah. So for, for the natural form of coaching, uh, basically your description was kind of like, well, you're basically coming to an agreement with someone that they want you to help them and you want to help them. Right. Yeah. And you know, you'll, you'll get something out of it, but, but, Basically, the goal, just there's not really anything specific about coaching other than you're trying to get someone to a better place because it seems like a psychiatrist could technically fit into that category in a, in a way. Of course, I wouldn't think that a psychiatrist is really doing that effectively, but that's essentially kind of the agreement that they've come to. They both think that they can help this person through this methodology. So is a psychiatrist a coach? Well, I don't think so. I think the coaching, the, another important aspect, of course, is, is self-empowerment and self-actualization, allowing the, enabling the person to unlock their true abilities. And also, I think, tr- again, true coaching does b- believe that we can better the world through the betterment of these individuals. So in other words, in the aggregate, we're actually helping to make the world a better place by helping individuals to step into their true power, not from an ego-driven perspective, but more from I'm actually a powerful being. There's, there's some, there's, uh, things that I can do in the world as an artist, as a creator, as an, as an educator, whatever role I take. Um, so there are things that may be holding me back. Most likely they are traumas. They're almost always some kind of traumas or unresolved issues in my psychology that, you know, might also be physical things. And, uh, this other person can help me get there faster. And then we all win in the end. The person who's being coached wins. The coach wins because they get better at helping other people. And then the world wins because we now have two, instead of just having maybe one, you know, somewhat empowered person, we now have two even more empowered people. And then they're in a position to help others. So I think there's a, there's even a viral aspect to it in a positive so way. Sounds like the core difference there is that it's about empowering. It's basically getting someone to, become sort of their own coach, right? Kind of training wheels into, okay, here's how, here's how to talk to yourself. Here's some, here's how to find knowledge and stuff like that. But basically in, in the entire time you're, you're 
working with someone, and this was very, very uh, much a focus in the training that I went through. It was basically like, look, you can get through an th- a entire coaching session just asking questions because you're not telling, you're not trying to tell someone the way it is. Of course, there are certain things where you, it is the way it is and you should tell them, or if they ask you yeah. your opinion, you should tell them. But generally it's like, I'm trying to show you how to, how to, how to solve this problem and really to empower yourself. And like you said, you get to the point where, you know, everyone who gets above a certain threshold of being empowered, they empower other people at that point. Right. And they can empower multiple people at a time. And all those people can then fill up to that point of empowerment. And it's just like, even if things look really dire in the world right now, it's just like, yeah, but we could, with that type of exponential growth, right? If, if we really were able to empower ourselves, empower everyone around us, that would just, that would go really quickly. And I think could, could have a really unexpected, awesome impact on the world. So that's, that's one of the, <laughs> one of my secret hopes. Yeah. And of course, psychiatry, the example you gave is a good contrast because Psychiatrists, while in, while they may seem ostensibly to want to help people, what they're really doing is helping people keep stay stuck. They're helping people to stay uh, specifically addicted to certain medications um, to keep repeating. And I know this from personal experience because in my earlier years, maybe twenty twenty or so years ago, um, I went to psychiatrists who prescribed medication to me, and I can tell you that's exactly how it is. There was no ultimate desire. There was only a desire to to leverage my traumas and my inability to understand certain things against me in a very clever scheme and to keep me stuck and while at the same time making my ego think that they're actually helping me. So it's quite the opposite, but it's, it's an interesting example. But obviously, like you said, the coaching and even in this community that we're building and is growing in terms of truth and freedom and, and getting, you know, sharing principles of natural law and de-occulting knowledge. We are also coaching each other to to some extent. It may not be always formalized. Sometimes it's maybe more formal. Sometimes it's more uh, conversational. But in a way, you know, even these conversations have an element of that positive, that true organic coaching to them uh, going on, you know, as we have these conversations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The the Basically, the difference between the psychiatrist is that he wants to or they want to keep you as a client and the coach, you know, ideally could help you as much as they, to the maximum that they could help you in one session. Right. If, if they could succeed at that, that would be their If goal, they don't hold right? back in any way, if they're not like right. holding back scarcity or something. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So do you see that 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 kind of tainting? I mean, it seems like a tainting to me. It's like an inversion, you know, it's a making it corrupt of something which was pure and, and beautiful and good. Uh, do you see that as a, like in your coaching experience, your experience in the coaching world, do you, did you see people getting to the point where, cause it seems like in the coaching world, they generally understand we're not trying to have re- repeat clients. Maybe I'm naive about that, but do you, do you think that that corruption started to seep in? I think it's deeply, deeply corrupted. And I think, you know, I have to be on, again, we're, we're always trying to be as honest with ourselves as possible. And I had to, you know, the last, some of the most, the last experiences I had in that, in that industry were probably the most eye opening because the last company I worked for, 
And I've kind of gone out of my way to not name names because I don't know if I really want to open up that can of worms. Yeah. I don't think that's really necessary. Uh, I'll name people like Tony Robbins because he's such a public figure. But mm. let's just say, you know, you, you, it was incredible to me how much of an ego, you know, pressing the ego buttons, feel good, feel good. Oh, by the way, you're going to need to pay $6,000 for the next program. And then there's a $20,000 program and so on and so forth. So, so yes, I, uh, it took me some time to put all the pieces together, but there is a, there definitely are players in that industry and forces at work that are, that are specifically keeping people stuck, you know, enslaved in the, in the sense that they're not able to escape their ego. Um, they keep repeating, instead of repeating maybe the old stories, they just replace them with new stories, but they're not really empowering these people to think for themselves. That's the key. They're not empowering them to actually think for themselves and then ultimately become creators and educators because they have this inherent ability to think for themselves, not because they have all the answers, but at least they're an independent thinker and they're able to think like adults. At least they actually keep people in a way kind of like in a childlike state. And it's quite profound. It's quite impressive when you see it. Like if you're able to step away from it and not, not get pissed off, not get, you know, just look at it. It's like, wow, they have created a religion. And they have created a religion. That's when I kind of started to put it together. But the thing I'm, I wanted to share with you and with your audience to make clear is I was a part of that. I was very deeply embedded in that. And I was buying into the bullshit. But that, that dark place that I had to go to was part of the process that allowed me to wake up and see, you know, what a bunch of crap I was waiting in and see how wrong this all was. And bounce myself out of there. And, and, and then fortuitously, that's when I discovered, started to discover the principles of natural law through the work of Mark Passy and others. They just kind of came across my desk right at the same time. They, they came across my feed and it was just all very fortuitous because if I, had I continued down that road, I would have been in a, in a state of, of ego entrapment, the likes of which is hard to, almost hard to appreciate. Mm hmm. So with someone like, well, I won't, I won't name names. We'll just say people who get into coaching. And I would say, I think a lot of people get into coaching would probably be totally on board with what we're saying right now about what is important about coaching and all that type of stuff. So I'd say most of these people probably start in that location. And, you know, they got successful and then somehow they subtly over time started to morph into this corrupted form where now they weren't trying to really help their clients. They were trying to get a recurring income source, right? And that's really all it was to them at that point. What is, what is someone who recognized that there's going to be that draw, you know, as you get into coaching or any, any help, you know, helping service to not to notice when it's starting to become corrupt, you know, what, how would, what would be a good way to stay on top of that and make sure that that's not the direction you're going? That's a great question. I would say, honestly, from my, from where I am right now today, the only way to do that is for simultaneously as you go into the world of coaching, you need to be working on yourself through shadow work. You need to be initiated into this occult knowledge that we talk about. 
you need to have a foundational understanding of natural law and what it means to be a moral person so that everything that you do in that coaching world, just like everything you do in, in your life in general, always goes to that filter. It doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that suddenly you become very serious or you can't, you know, bend the rules of your own game a little bit or you can't be flexible or create what you want. But because you have this natural because you're gaining this natural understanding of the way reality actually works and you're not lying to yourself about the foundational aspect of reality, everything you do in that coaching practice will go through that filter. And if you start to see yourself going down, you know, the ego, we always have an ego. We can't escape that. We, everybody has got an ego. You've got an ego. I got an ego. The, the, you know, Mark Passio has an ego. We all have an ego. Um, and the goal is not to completely suppress the ego. The goal is to be the master of, of that in every aspect of ourselves. So in coaching, sure, some coaches will charge more money. Some will charge less. You know, that's fine. Every coach will be able to figure out what is the right appropriation. Um, but a, co- a coach who is an, also an initiate, also understands these things, is probably going to be able to catch themselves if, if they start sliding down that slope of, of making the money, for example, more important than the coaching or the, or the fame or whatever aspect of it. Um, I love doing content and I want my content to be in front of more people and I want to, you know, in a way be even more, more flashy, sometimes more flamboyant, um, almost like I'm trying to be a little bit of a celebrity. But I never lose sight of the fact that ultimately what I'm trying to teach is stuff that's going to help us create a free world. And it's not about lining my pockets. So even as I start to put more and more energy into my own work, I always keep those first principles in mind. So I think a coach could do the same thing. It's like, sure, they might be even more financially successful and that's great. But they're always, their goal is always, you know, share principles of truth, help people overcome their traumas, help people unlock the freedom that we can unlock together and not just make it about, you know, me and mine and look at how great I am and so, so on and mm-hmm. so forth. Mm-hmm. So to, for me, like I, I, that's kind of the path that I've chosen. It's just like, okay, well, you know, I have, if I'm going to help the world, I'm, I kind of feel like I sort of have to do it almost entirely freely. No, or not freely, but like, Hey, you know, help me in some way, but I'm not going to require that you, help me at least not the first time that I help you. Right. So it's just like, I, I feel like I have to, in order, in order to keep from being corrupted personally, I feel like I have to basically make it donation based and kind of this, you know, I help you, you help me type situation. But when you do that, not only do you not really make enough. So someone couldn't probably sustain a family or something on that, but also people don't seem to value it as much. You know what I mean? I mean, this is that whole idea in the coaching world where it's like, you kind of get it, you know, the, almost like the more you charge, the people, more people want to pay it. You know what I'm saying? I've definitely seen that. And I think, again, if someone, if it's all based on, you know, free will, based on an agreement, um, and someone wants to end up charging more, I think that's fine. And, you know, we should be experimenting with different ways to, to obtain the resources I've been thinking about this a lot lately. I know it's, you know, it, it can be kind of lonely in the world of creating content. And like you said, people don't really donate. Um, and it can be frustrating. Um, what I've been thinking about, my thoughts it is the core knowledge that I share, I always want to share it for free because I don't want to put a monetary price on knowing things that I think are foundational, that, that, that are foundational. Every human being should know 
or you should be not born necessarily knowing, but should raise, be raised even as a child knowing certain common sense things. Those are the things I don't want to ever charge for. I want to just put them out there. There might be more specialized knowledge or more specialized attention with individuals or, you know, with a specific focus that yes, I'd be willing to charge. And I think even then I, you know, rather than going down the route that many coaches do where they try to inflate the amount as much as possible, I would try to find more of a middle path, you know, maybe not super, super cheap, but also not, you know, $10,000 for something that you could learn for a hundred dollars. Right. I think that is where the ego has gone way out of whack as people are literally charging for things that, that really, uh, yes, you could make that argument that's, you know, but I think that's the ego convincing itself that it's, it's worth spending $10,000 when actually the real, you know, cost of that the real price is just putting you know caring more about it obviously caring more about that outcome and then investing some time and energy and focus on that um and yes some resources obviously that are going to be necessary but so i think we can get away with that that thinking you know i think ultimately the problem is that people do like you said people don't value it enough but do they need to pay more to value it in terms of money or do they need to actually care more about some ultimate outcome that they're trying to create? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's hard to, I don't know, it's hard for us in our position to get people to care, right? So if we're trying to find more customers, then it's, it seems like that's, I don't know, making the videos, I guess, you know, is a good kind of starter of that process, perhaps. I was, I was thinking the, we mentioned the ego and you kind of mentioned it from the standpoint of the, coach and kind of you know they kind of build up hey you know i got all these people who basically think i'm awesome and you know i'm basically a guru and and all that type of stuff so i i assume maybe i'm not right correct about this but that some aspect of what you mean by the ego is also how they're encouraging their clients to operate in relationship to the ego is that is that true yes and again there are there are cases and there are cases i think a true coach will help someone to master their ego more, not always be in their ego, not always think with their emotions or try to think with their emotions, things like that. However, in this world of coaching, if we want to go back to that example, some of the coaching programs that I was involved in more recently, and I was a sales rep in those programs, so I was actually responsible for getting on the phone with people to enroll them in these programs. And what I noticed is that the people who kind of maybe had more self-mastery they wouldn't really fall for the bullshit as much. The ones who were drawn into this particular program, they were highly, highly in their ego. And therefore, they were highly vulnerable because they could be easily manipulated more emotionally, you know, by saying the things, you know, by blowing smoke up their ass, by telling them things that they want to hear, you know, getting, you know, tapping into their whatever beliefs they already have, you know, maybe making them think like you're helping them undo certain negative beliefs, but then tapping into others. It's all very sophisticated, you know, to analyze it would require, you know, you could analyze it very deeply. But at a high level, I would say that these, you know, traumatized and, and you know, ego-based uh, people, they're like the easiest ones to bring into certain coaching programs. Again, I'm talking about the, the inverted version of coaching. Um, and maybe it's a continuum. And maybe some people, they start on one side and they go to the other. Nothing in life is all, you know, is only one side or the other. So it's probably like a continuum. But in this extreme example of the program I was in, 
Um, the people who they were most successful with in enrolling were ones who were hurting a lot. Uh, they themselves may have been very religious. Maybe they were deeply religious in some one of the classical religions, um, very entrenched. Uh, maybe they were, you know, very in the New Age religion and other types of religions. But the point is that they had something going on psychologically. Um, and then the coaches who were doing the best in that version of the program, uh, they would get them to feel good about what, you know, whatever was going on. And, and then they would get them to open up their wallets. So that was, that was the process, which again, I, I think is very, very distinct from an organic coaching agreement where um, a reasonable fee may be involved, but ultimately it's all about creating betterment in the individuals and then ultimately in the world. Yeah. Nice. So I think that pretty much covers the, the ego and both kind of the authority aspects. Like in one of your videos, you talk about, I think three aspects to, to the coaching world that you see is kind of corrupt. Is there anything else that you want to talk about with the authority before talking about the third one? Yeah. I mean, again, I think, you know, it's very, the authority one is probably the most subtle of the three because it's not the kind of overt authority that will throw you into a cage if you, if you, uh, put something in your body that you have every right to put in your body. So we're talking about a very, we're not talking about necessarily an overt form of slavery or, or a claim of ownership of the physical body or even of your rights. However, it is subtle because it, what it does is it conditions the mind to think that authority is a good thing. In other words, that certain people knowing more information, in this case is maybe authority of knowledge, of understanding of certain things. Uh, maybe most authority is based on that because, you know, these guys who do get away with actual slavery authority, they know, they obviously know a lot more than the average person. But in the coaching world, it's again, it's creating this kind of power differential of knowledge. And what they teach these coaches going in is all you need to do is know, be like a few steps ahead of your, of your client and you can charge them significant amount of money to, to kind of let them in on the secret, so to speak. You know, and then even then you're not going to, you're always going to give it away in drips. So I think it's just, again, it's kind of like if authority is kind of a mental construct, or, which it is, if it's a virus, maybe it is a type of mental virus. Um, it's, it's a belief system. If we can do something to encourage more people to, to believe that authority is a good thing, that some people knowing more and having more knowledge is a good thing, then that, that will further the, the overall aims of keeping humanity in the state of enslavement. And so, sure, in the coaching world, that's how it manifests. And I think, but it is probably the more subtle of the three. Uh, but you hear them using that word over and over again. And I, that's kind of what struck me is you just hear them saying the word authority. And in their marketing, they're always talking about being an authority, how to be an authority, the importance of being an authority. So just think about that, Callan, from a perspective of repeating and repeating this concept over yeah. and over again. They're encouraging you to create create a di social dynamic repeatedly in your life of I'm the authority over you. And when you are, you know, repeating to yourself over and over, I am the authority, you're you're basically saying I'm that role, you know, and that's how I'm going to play that role. And that's the vibe you give out whenever you're interacting with someone. And so people generally will slip into the other role, right? So you're basically inviting people to become, you know, not your slave. I mean, that's too hard, too harsh a language, I think. But, you know, in a way, in a very subtle way, sort of, you know, it's just like I've kind of tricked you into going along with what I want you to go along with. And as long as I play my cards right, you're going to stay in this slipstream with me and benefit me, right? 
Yep. And then, of course, the benefit to the greater agenda of keeping humanity enslaved as species is we condition these minds to think that this is a normal way of being, that there are always going to be certain beings that have access to more knowledge and that can that basically when they tell us you know, to jump, we should just say how high and we should jump. Right. So yeah. it's, again, that that conditioning. And the more that happens, the more it benefits kind of that overall construct. And then, of course, it makes it harder and harder for us to create to to co-create a world where actually people are free and autonomous and independent. Not necessarily because everybody thinks that way, because more and more people are buying into that notion of authority. Yeah, it seems like the, the difference between the two coaching methodologies is one is you you become empowered and you empower another person and then you allow their overflowing empowerment to go to the world. And the kind of the corruption of that is you're empowered, you empower, well, sort of, you empower someone else, sort of, and then their overflow, right, you kind of like, you like to have this hose that come and you're sucking it down. You normally that overflow would be going out into the world, but instead it's almost like feeding a cancer instead of like dripping it out, dripping right. it out. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. It's the control. It's, it goes back to the idea of, of also scarcity. That's not one that I talked about on the video, Callan, but now just from talking with you, like we could talk about this notion of scarcity, which again is another, you know, in the world at large, Scarcity of energy, scarcity of resources is a, is a big way to keep people enslaved and under control. And I think in the coaching world, in terms of the information, we see that there is an analog to that where I, I saw that actually from the insider perspective of some of these programs that I was selling that they, they taught the coaches or the consultants to always withhold as much information as possible and only feed out whatever the client would be willing to pay. The most for the least, basically. That's that's the best way to put it. The most, the least they could give out, and the most they could collect payment-wise for that least amount of information. Yeah, basically milk them as much as you can, and milk them as effectively as you can. It doesn't matter that the fact that you're holding back information for later is actually harming this person because you know they could have used that information right now, right? And so, and also, you know, it seems like. Like the, the fact that you and I, kind of, I think we both kind of sit in the same place when it comes to this type of stuff. It's just kind of we're going to freely offer, you know, what what we make. Like we just make videos, and we put them out there and we're not going to charge anyone. And whether or not someone pays us is not going to affect whether or not we're making a video. But to because because there's not really scarcity. Right. I can supply a huge amount of information to a huge amount of people because of technology, right? I can talk to thousands of people in a single hour or I could charge someone and, you know, create kind of creating scarcity. It's like, okay, what, whatever I'm talking about is really only available in this small amount because, you know, I can only talk to one person at a time. And so if I spent all of my time doing coaching rather than making videos, I'm going to increase the, you know, what I'm able to get for that time. But again, I'm, I'm just harming the world, right? I'm, I'm lowering my impact on the world. So what's my motivation here? Am I trying to get the world to be a better place so that I'm actually free and not, not a slave because everyone believes in slavery or, you know, am I just trying to bide my time and improve my situation until I'm dead, you know, and who cares about the slavery? Yeah, it's a really, it's a, it's a, these are powerful questions and I think it's worth sitting down and really contemplating. I can share with you that I've thought about this a lot. And, you know, for me, 
I kind of, I've kind of recently gone over a hurdle. Um, let me just throw in a little tidbit. So like a, a year and a half ago when I was still struggling, I didn't know anything about natural law. I didn't really know this community. I was kind of in a dark place. I did go to a, sh- a shaman um, and he charged a very reasonable fee. It was like a hundred dollars. And he told me, he taught me some things and I recorded it. And one of the things, two, two things he taught or one thing he taught me was, Whatever you're going to do, Dave, you need to go all in. The universe is going to be on your side. You need to not hold back as much. So it was funny because when he said that to me, there wasn't really even something for me to go all in on that was relevant at that time. But when I started creating content for freedomvibe.art, when I started, you know, getting out there and, and, you know, started sharing this information, I remembered what he said. I remembered what he said. And I also remembered what some of the other teachers in this community uh, Mark Passio, I think, made a comment several times about, you know, it's going to be a struggle, but if you're doing the right thing, creation is going to come and align with you and you're, things are going to start showing up. So I'm really of the mindset that uh, I've stopped worrying about the finances to a large extent. Um, kind of like you, I live very minimally. You know, I, I was able to minimize my resources, but I really feel that the floodgates can open if we keep leaning more and more into this, if we just don't hold back. So that's kind of my position now. I'm really, you know, I feel like in some ways I'm still holding back. You know, maybe just there's just a natural tendency to hesitate. Um, But I want to really just go into it all the way. And I'm also exploring creative ways to to create more resources. Again, I don't need a lot, just like you don't need a lot. Um, And I think, you know, if I was able to have even just $100 more a month, I would be ecstatic, you know, and, and I would be able to do even more with that. And I know that I, I'm pretty confident that's going to happen if I just keep staying on the right path. So I think um, it's a it's a challenge. I actually believe that we can live in a world without money. I see no reason why, you know, as, as we evolve as a species, why we can't get to a point where the no, even the notion of having to pay for everything will seem very arcane and kind of ridiculous and we can get away with that. I'm also not naive to think that that's going to necessarily happen in the next couple of days or weeks or months, but I think we can definitely move towards that. And I think if we can start to put ourselves in that thought process where we, people don't pay for the things with money, but they pay with, with it by actually, you know, putting in their time and effort and caring and contributing to the society. Uh, as more and people, more people come into that place, then I think we will see, uh, that will become more and more practical because right because i think what you're part of what you're saying is how do i live practically in in this world and have what i need at a minimum but not go always be thinking worrying about thinking about it chasing the money so i think i just share with you kind of like my perspective on that Mm -hmm. maybe you yeah maybe you can same same for me i mean i i found that you know, I may have certain ideas about how much money I want to be making or, or whatever, but, but basically I found that, okay, if, as long as I'm basically dedicated to, you know, my mission and I'm, and everything that I'm doing is about that, that I'm, I'm going to be supported, right? And that's kind of just like a leap of faith that I took, you know, years ago. But if, you know, when looking back at it, always the entire time, I always got what I needed and, I, I have what I need. I mean, I live under a tarp out of a backpack, but I feel like I have more than most people. I certainly feel like I have more than I ever had when I was, you know, a, a pretty wealthy person, right? Living the, the a pretty swank lifestyle. And it's just like, 
the universe takes care of you, but it, it doesn't take care of you in the way that society thinks of being taken care of. Because most people would think, Callan, you're a bum. You're homeless. And I'm like, I guess technically you're right, but this is way better than it was. So, Yeah, and there's a period of separation from the current system because you're not going to, we're not going to, the, the current system is not going to suddenly flip a switch and convert from being, you know, the way it is now to suddenly the new paradigm. We have to get, we have to, in some ways, the current structures have to fall apart. So we have to kind of go through what's, you know, what can be perceived as kind of a suffering, a sacrifice of, of these things that we had. Uh, but the point is we're still alive. We're still healthy. Um, we're, we're in some ways we're probably more healthy than we were. We're, we're wealthier in the sense that we, we now understand how to tap, how to work with creation or we're learning how we never fully understand it, but we're learning and growing our ability to understand how to work directly with the creative force of the universe, the creative intelligence in order to, to move forward and create more, uh, in the world. So I, I think that's that you couldn't put any price on that. So do we have to live, you know, in your case in a, in a tent or under a tarp, in my case, you know, volunteering in hostels, you know, not never, not even oftentimes not even having much privacy. Do we have to sacrifice certain things for an interim period in order to get to the beyond? I think so. Yes, I think that is the big uh, that's what I've come to realize that there is a sacrifice. But it doesn't mean the world's going to be like this forever. It doesn't mean we're going to have to live in hostels and under tarp forever. So, you know, if we yep. if we are successful in our work collectively in helping people to wake up, to, the, to this knowledge and understanding and, and really, you know, heal themselves and empower themselves, then some, probably something so great that even we, even as we're working towards, we can't really fully imagine it without a lot of effort, you know, something much greater is coming. And that, to me, that makes it worth it. And I, you know, I'm able to go sleep at night uh, very well, and I'm able to wake up every morning with a lot of uh, intention and motivation knowing that that's what I'm working towards. And I'm willing to give up all the other stuff. You know, I'm willing to make that sacrifice. For me, it, it's worth it. Maybe it wasn't worth it in the beginning, or maybe I struggled with it in my own mind in the beginning. But the more I do it, the more it's worth it. And then I see th positive things coming my way. You know, like this conversation is just like a, it, it's, it's potentially opening the door to new things for both of us and for the whole community. Uh, more conversations. Um, maybe I can become more art, even more artistic, you know, in a way. And, and I think it's important also that it be fun and enjoyable and not always be serious. Um, you probably, it sounds like you picked up on that in some of my videos, even as we're talking about these very serious topics. I don't, I didn't, I didn't want to be just, you know, lecturing people just like, this is the way it is and you got to do this way and you guys are stupid and, you know, I, I, it had to be more creative. It had to be more based on subtlety and nuance. So I think, mm -hmm. you know, we're going to spend the rest of our lives trying to figure this out. <laughs> yeah. So, and I feel like, you know, we're kind of, you and I and lots of other people are stepping into a different way of living. And there's downsides to that way of living because most of the world doesn't operate that way. That's really the only main downside of it. But also, there's all these benefits which we get to enjoy. And we're also creating this alternative space for people to go into as the world gets more and more weird. You know, as, as we go more and more into this, like, unhuman, 
bizarre strangeness. And more and more people, as it gets more and more wound up into that, will go, uh, I'm going to get to find something else. Right. And so we're here going, Hey, here's, here's other things. And actually look how, you know, things are really, actually really great and going really good for us. And so we're kind of pioneers and helping to build that new world in each of us, a, a different instance of what that can look like. And, uh, but basically also just stepping into this myself, it's like, even if I can't justify it by saying it improves the world in some way, even if, even if it's, if it's like, no, the world's totally screwed and it doesn't matter. It's just like, but I feel like whatever just changes that I've made in my life will, I will carry this with me beyond this life. Right. And uh, that, yeah. that feels like a very for sure thing to me. And so it's just like, ultimately I'm not really tied to the outcome of what happens on this planet. I'm going to do what I need to do. I need, I'll speak the truth and, you know, try and make this place a, a better place and help as many people as I can. But ultimately my commitment is to something beyond this, this specific world. Absolutely. That's the, that's the key right there is we do the right thing. We do the best, the right thing as best as we can come to understand it from our perspective, even if the whole rest of the world is doing what we know is the wrong thing or what we've come to understand is, and, or is taking humanity in the wrong way. And even if it seems like it's like you said, like, how can we as tiny drops in the ocean, how can we really make a difference? Well, the point is when you have that unshakable under, uh, knowledge and belief in your, in yourself, not belief in something external, but belief that I know what I can come to understand what the right thing is. I can do that. Even when the whole world seems, you know, a whole world, it's not the whole world, but most of the world seems to be going in the opposite direction. I'm still going to do it. I'm going to still going to do it. And you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to feel like I'm like, I'm an empowered being because I'm doing the right thing. And who knows if enough people step into that same empowerment, we will start to see a change. So it's worth it. It's worth taking a shot. There's, you know, it's like playing a game. There's no guarantee you're going to win the game. But if you don't take that shot, you're definitely never going to win the game. You're going to always exactly. lose. Exactly. Right? And the fact that thing, things kind of look so dire, you know, it it's actually makes it, I don't know, more fun, more more exciting. It's just, it's like, like we have something really, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? It's just like. There's something about playing like a video game, for example. I don't know if you ever played video yeah. games, but there's something about yeah. playing it on the hard difficulty and really challenging yourself and seeing what you're capable of, right? And so you know, I just, I feel grateful to have the opportunity to you know, really see what I'm capable of. And so far I'm, I, you know, I'm really happy with, with how I'm, how I'm doing. Like at a certain point in my life, not happy, right? But as I made the choice to, you know, focus on truth and natural law and and to really go for what's true and important, that, you know, I, I, don't know. I, I just feel like I can't lose at this point. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, and, I, and I think that's true. And I think if you and I and, and those of us who are doing this work, if we keep doubling down on that, just like the quote unquote bad guys, they are always doubling down on their, on their shit. They'll never, they're no, they'll never stop. Why shouldn't, why should we, why should yeah. we stop? We can keep, we can keep leveling up and leveling up and leveling up 
And like you said, if you if it if it helps sometimes to think of it like a game, I mean, ultimately, maybe if, you know, at a higher spiritual level, you can think of all of this creation like a big construct for creation to know itself. So in a way, it's like a game. But from this perspective, instead of always taking things too seriously, if we can really say, what what can I do to really multiply my impact? You know, in a true sense, not not to line my pocket, but in the sense of like, how can I really create an impact so that more people start waking up to what it means to be truly free? And I actually do this exercise sometimes, Kyle, and I started doing this recently where I, I really try to sit down and carve out times to think like, what does it actually mean to live in a free world? Right? It doesn't mean everybody's, you know, everybody being moral or most people being moral, understanding morality doesn't mean boring. Mm-hmm. If anything, things are, relationships are more complex. You know, there's some great art that's created through film and media that also reflects this. You know, I think if anything, it becomes more interesting, mm-hmm. right? But people also have very specific boundaries that they will expect others to respect and they will enforce those boundaries. So I think that's a big part of it. But I, tr- I think it's a great idea to do a little bit of a thought exercise to imagine just how incredible the world will be, what can be, you know, based on this kind of upgrade of consciousness um, and I think that serves as a big motivator, and it, that gets me kind of excited all over again, enthusiastic all over again, even during the drudgery, even, you know, if I'm struggling with something in my own life, you know, whether it be like even some physical pain or, you know, just anything that might be seen as an obstacle. So, and I would say the same for you, and you've done a lot of great things, and you have a, a pretty decent-sized following uh, on Odyssey, for example. You have a very large following, and you've been able to, create some really good results on the high blockchain, for example, something that I haven't really been able to figure out. So I, you know, give yourself credit for those things. You've definitely are and have created a lot of influence. And I think, you know, maybe the question is just how do I, how do I double down on that? How do I take it to the next level? What does that look like? And then the answers, I think when you meditate on that and reflect on that and have these conversations, then the answers start to come. Yep. It's interesting you point out, I was thinking about this the other day too, it's like, I made this video recently about how to basically get what you want. You know, you imagine you have to really, you have to be able to clearly see what it is and feel the emotions of what that thing is that you're trying to bring into your life. And when I was, you know, you mentioned the free world, imagining what that would look like. It's almost, it's almost like it's hard. It's because, because everything in our lives that we think is normal is really, it isn't freedom. It, it is slavery. And it always has been like that. And it's, so it's kind of hard for the brain to even think about what it would be like. It's like kind of like this big blank canvas suddenly in front of you. And you're like, well, I guess I just have to start creating, you know, to see, to see what's going to be in there. Exactly. So part of the free world here is, I don't know if you, you guys can hear, you can hear the music in the background. So the free world is, Someone can put some cool music in the background and we're just going to incorporate that into the video. <laughs> yeah. Without copyright strikes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Cool, man. Well, I, I feel like this is a good, good place to end it unless there's anything that you wanted to, you feel like you really wanted to say about the coaching topic to which we didn't cover or any other topic. No, I think we made a really good run at it and you've even helped me. You know, through this conversation, Callan, I you've even helped me to understand maybe some some points about it that I didn't even originally consider. And I think, you know, anybody who watches this or listens to this is going to, who's already kind of on that path, 
is going to get great value. So I, I've really enjoyed this conversation. Hopefully we'll have, I'm sure we'll have some future conversations on other topics as well. So I want to thank you for having me on your podcast. Yeah, glad to have you here. So you have freedomvibe.art, that's your website, and, and it's, you have freedomvibeart, or sometimes .art, as your username for, you know, most places. It seems like you're pretty much going with the strategy of putting your stuff most places, which I think is a good good strategy. So we'll have your links to that type of stuff. You you did mention, and also kind of on the ch- topic of coaching, and I, I, I do want to say that I think you mentioned in one of your videos that you you were thinking you would become a coach at some point. And I just wanted to say, you know, I, I think that you would be an excellent coach. I don't know if you've ever been one or not, but I think very clearly you would be an excellent coach. So, um, like, and you and you did have kind of a, some sort of service. What was it? It was like Mastermind Media, something like that? Uh, Mastermind Media. Yeah, I mean, that's basically where I offer to help people to do what we're doing, Callan. You know, people who are struggling. Um, you know, again, whether it's the technical aspects of it, I feel like I've gotten pretty good at, at a couple of skills, like putting together a website. People, if people visit my website, you know, they can give an opinion. Um, uh, the video editing, you know, I put, as you saw, I put a lot of effort into kind of the artistic side. And that's why I chose the .art domain when I discovered it was available because um, I didn't want to use .com. It's not a company. It's not a business. But I also, you know, .org maybe has certain connotations. So when I discovered the .art, you know, we're all artists in a way. So, yeah, I mean, I think I could help people to discover maybe the the coaching or the way I help people is to discover this kind of art, artistic ability that they have to share truth to share knowledge and, and help other people through their own individual art so that, I, you know, people know none of us should try to be a copy of anyone else. We're all sharing ultimately the same knowledge in, at the core, but each one of us is doing it in a very unique way. And I think that's a beautiful thing. So, so I, I appreciate you saying that. I'll, I'll, I've been thinking about that. I'll probably continue to see how I can, you know, create some kind of service where I help people, um, it's not going to be a high fee service, but it will probably be some kind of paid service where people can can work directly with me. So I appreciate you mentioning that and encouraging that. Cool. So I just want to say that uh, I think that you and I could probably have many, many conversations. So I for sure I do hope that you'll come on again. You can count on it. All right. Sounds good. Thanks for coming, David. Thank you so much. Thanks for watching. If you'd like to see more content like this, head on over to moderndaywizards.org. And if you're wondering, how can you be a wizard? Well, all you have to do is seek truth and share it.